Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. Hello, friends. Thanks for listening once again. Um, so glad to have you back. So glad to be still doing this and really, really so glad to be heading to Mexico City this summer. So if you haven't heard, uh, we are launching TDPP experiences. I have been wanting to do retreats for many, 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 many years. Um, and one thing that we talk about in this podcast is rest. And one thing <clears throat> that most people probably don't do well often that I talk to on this podcast is rest. So I wanted a a shared space to invite some folks down and to have three full days of rest. So tickets are live now. We have two retreats. One is July 14th through 17th and one is August 4th through 7th. And they are going to be incredible. I am super thrilled. Uh, tickets are already going. So if you want to join, I would love for you to join. It's just going to be me, Dana Marie, and seven guests for each um, retreat. So it'll be very intimate as well. We'll be doing dinners um, each night uh, of the retreat. So it'll be eight people around a dinner table in Mexico City in a gorgeous home in a, in a restful neighborhood. Um, we'll be doing a full breakfast buffet. We'll be doing, I've hired a yoga instructor and an Enneagram expert. If you want to dig into those, if you just want to come and sit in the, in the hammock for three days, if you want to read, sleep, nap, explore, um, there are 40,000 restaurants and bars in Mexico City. Uh, you will have an endless endless choices. And then Mexico City is second only to Paris in the amount of museums and galleries. So there, there is so much gorgeous, incredible art to discover. We are excited. Uh, so join us if you can. Uh, I'm excited for today's podcast guest. Kevin is opening the band box here coming in June. And he, um, I just got connected to him through another friend. And so I wanted to hear a little bit about what he was doing. And I love the idea of options for a zero proof cocktail. Um, I think it's, I did a hundred days of no drinking last year, which was a challenge for sure. It was a good break, even though I, I'm not a total, um, you know, a teetotaler in that way. I understand some people have that as a priority in their life and good for them. We always try to accommodate if people don't drink at the dinner party project for sure. And then this is just going to be a lounge tasting room kind of speakeasy with um, just non-alcoholic beverages, beer, wine, cocktails. So he shares a little bit about his story and about some of the cocktails that are coming up on his menu. And I decided to make a try my hand at a non-alcoholic cocktail. Um, it has no name, but it kind of looks like sunshine. It's, I just had an orange. So I just did a fresh squeeze of orange juice. Um, so I would put about probably an ounce of orange juice and then half an ounce of lemon juice and then 0.75 ounce of I made a basil simple syrup and I put that in a shaker with an egg white. So I shook all of that without ice first for, I don't know, 15 seconds, maybe 30 seconds and then added ice and then shook it all up again. And then poured it into uh, some chilled coops and then topped it off with some lemon San Pellegrino um, bubbly. So it was a very interesting, very light, very fruity, but you could taste the orange and the basil um, really nicely. So I guess if you're just looking for something super summery, non-alcoholic, that's a a, a choice to make and or you can um, try out the band box coming June 25th. Enjoy. Ciao. Hey, Kevin. Hi. Welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me. Finally. Here we are. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, thank you for doing some 
kind of. I usually say day drinking, but we're not yes, we're as not much drinking, but. technically <laughs> drinking. But we are. So cheers to you. Yes, for cheers. a Friday afternoon. Cheers to you as well. We can there you go. <laughs> just just make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's nice. I wish I had made the or had been able to consume this right as it was very freshly yes <laughs> <laughs> but we're not we weren't quite there yet but um today we are having a zero proof cocktail yes. so i guess it still falls under cocktails and conversation which is fun yeah yeah definitely Absolutely. um which we will get into a little bit more as is the the zero proof um, but the cocktail I just kind of made up with some ideas of summer and freshness. And, uh, as we had talked about, I don't really do as much zero proof liquors sure, in, sure. This, in that sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I had an orange, which I just did some fresh squeezed orange juice, yep. lemon juice. And then I had made a basil simple syrup and then shook all that up with an egg white Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Poured it into some coops, topped it off with some San Pellegrino lemon, bubbly. Yes, it with is. With some fresh basil on top. I like it. All right. It's refreshing. It's good. Good. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, so speaking of cocktails um, and mocktails and, and things of that nature, uh, where would you, so you, you are a, uh, a consumer of alcohol, but you're also I am. Yes. opening up a, a non-alcoholic bar. That's correct. That is yes. correct. That is correct. Okay. Tasting lounge is the kind of the, the tasting actual, lounge. Yes. It's okay. kind of a, a little different between a, an actual full bar. We're not necessarily going to be able to kind of whip you up any kind of non-alcoholic cocktail per se. Uh, we'll have a set preset menu of, of our craft cocktails okay. that we'll be doing. And then um, we're going to be rotating that out pretty frequently. So trying different different recipes, different uh, different types of drinks, different spirits, non-alcoholic spirits, distilled spirits, okay. alternative spirits, um, as we as we create different different cocktails. So Fair enough. Yeah. And what is this called? Uh, the concept is called the Band Box. Okay. Uh, and it is uh, a... Spirit-free speakeasy is kind of the official term that we're using. Okay. Um, kind of an oxymoron to, <laughs> to describe what we're doing. Fair enough. Uh, you said it. Not I did, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. But it's cool. It's kind of, it really makes sense when you think about it because it's, you know, folks that are, you know, kind of going to a, a location where they want a sophisticated cocktail uh, beverage in mm -hmm. the evening. Mm -hmm. uh, and you really can't go anywhere like that if you don't drink or maybe just want to have uh, a night out, um, but you don't necessarily want to be surrounded by other people that are drinking in an environment where you don't feel pressured to drink. So it's mm -hmm. kind of a nice, you know, no pressure environment where you can go and have a non-alcoholic drink. Sure. And, and in a more sophisticated bar slash lounge, lounge environment. Environment. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not like Starbucks. <laughs> sure. Which you can have a non-alcoholic right. coffee right. latte, but it's just not the same as like having a cocktail, you know. Sure. And conversation, you know. So cocktails yeah. and conversation. Cocktail and conversation. We got there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Um, so around town, there are thankfully some places also to get non-alcoholic beverages. There is. there is. Where would be a couple of your favorites around town? Uh, a couple places. So I, I mean, I, I frequent Tori Tori quite a bit. So they mm -hmm. do make some really, really nice, tasty cocktail uh, okay. non-alcoholic uh, options. Uh, they can make actually custom uh, versions of different things for you. So it's 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 a lot of it's about kind of mentioning your preference. So if you like something more on the spicier side, or you want something a little bit more citrus based, or you want something a little bit more floral, you know, it's kind of understanding what your flavor profile and your palate is, okay. and then helping to kind of align that with your with your interests and your tastes. Yeah. What is your non-alcoholic beverage of choice? Um, I like a variety. So the, the, the cool thing about the industry, it's gone way beyond O'Doul's and the beer back in the 80s and 90s. It was just, you know, your non-alcoholic beer options. Uh, for me, I like, there's a variety now of like ready-to-drink options. So pre-canned, pre-mixed okay. uh, cocktails. Um, so there's quite a few in the market today across a variety of different uh, manufacturers. Um, for me... I like, 
one in particular, it's a mango margarita with jalapeno. It's a very, very delicious. Um, Sounds very summery. Well-rounded. Yes. Yeah. Summery. A little bit spicier kick uh, to the drink. And so I, I like drinks that have a little bit more um, of either a spiciness or maybe there's a little bit more of a kick, a ginger kick to them. So something that gives mm -hmm. it more of a well-rounded flavor profile versus um, something that's more, I say, a little bit more flat, but something that has a little bit more uh, different levels to it. So, okay. Yeah, I like something that has a little bit more of a kick and a little bit more of a punch. Because um, I do, I, I do personally drink, so okay. I do like a variety of you know, um, you know, vodka cocktails. If if that's kind of my go-to normal spirit, <clears throat> um, there's not really an alternative to vodka just yet because vodka is pretty much primarily all alcohol. So yeah. there's not really an alternative spirit to that just mm -hmm. yet. They're, I'm sure they're they're working on it, but. It's not there just yet, but there is non-alcoholic gins and tequilas mm -hmm. and whiskeys and rums in the market today that are mm -hmm. meant to kind of mimic that same flavor. Um, and then also standalone distilled spirits that are not really meant to kind of really kind of be similar to anything else. They stand on their on their own and kind of by themselves and hold themselves up pretty well, um, either mixed with maybe a tonic or ginger beer, or even in some of our cocktails, we'll be mixing a variety of distilled spirits, alternative spirits, and mixed with syrups, and uh, in some cases, bitters. Uh, we'll be using other mixers as well. So okay. it's pretty complex when it yeah. comes to making these drinks. As we were talking about earlier, in terms of a lot of the recipe books that are out there, it does wind up getting, can be a little complicated, you know, if you're sure. trying to make these on your own. Mm -hmm. um, but we're trying to make that process a little bit simple simple for folks that really want to try something that they could do at home or like i said there's a lot of ready to drink options too that we'll be selling so, all right yeah. okay so tori tori is one place tori tori is one place yeah uh courtesy bar does some really great cocktails downtown they sure do um, they're moving and they are moving they yeah, are yeah. moving did they find their new location yet because i know they were i think so i think they were moving to this is for shame i should know like there was a spot already that they were moving that's to. right i think it was like winter, it was park, like winter park yeah yeah winter sure. park yeah so yeah that'd be awesome i'll have to find out um yeah uh toy toy courtesy bar um and i think the neighbors and i have not been there yet but i've heard some great things about, oh you haven't been to the neighbors i have not been to the neighbors yet oh no, no, yeah it's not. lovely yes I yeah so mm -hmm. I really want to try. They've got a, a, a great variety of non-alcoholic cocktails too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But I think a lot of restaurants now are starting to expand their spirit-free menu mm -hmm. of drinks, and so it's it's gone beyond, um, you know, kind of your purees or your kind of a, a, a base mix with maybe some syrups or pressed juices. It's gone well beyond that, so it's a lot more complex now, and you're they're trying to cater to different audiences that want something mm -hmm. more than just you know uh, some sort of a, a tonic or a ginger beer, mixed right? With, with like juice, with juice or something, or like yeah. yeah, yeah, a simple syrup, yeah, a simple syrup or something basic. Sure. So, and then you know the the the, the really the the push is to get a drink that feels a little bit healthier, so it's not too overly saturated mm -hmm. like a shirley temple used to be or oh, a roy rogers where it was just so sugary and so I sweet i used to drink um yeah they were shirley temples <laughs> <laughs> so much when i even when i was an adult oh sure but sure. now i would it's a little bit too much for me but yes yes and that's kind of where the industry was years ago where that everybody was was pushing those types of sugary sweet drinks and now the, the push has moved away from that to be more complex drinks that are, there's more of a bitterness in some cases mm -hmm. or it you know, feels feels more like you're drinking yeah. more of a regular cocktail. So Last year I went 100 days without drinking, as I mentioned. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, which is a lot. That's good for you. Um, that's I know. I just felt like, you know, like, I mean, I, I definitely have alcohol as a part of my life yes. pretty regularly and, you know, I wasn't feeling like it was too too much but i just felt like it was just a good break for my body mm -hmm. just every once sure. in a while to reset and to re i mean obviously it's like so much less sugar for me yes yes yeah um so it definitely took some patience and some self-control at times I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> especially with going out sometimes it was like well this is you know i probably would love to have a but um the sunroom i felt like had some really great sunroom has some great cocktails has, too has yeah great, i mean there's yeah. a there's a list, actually, a few publications have done some some recent um, articles on some of the new offerings and some places that are doing 
um, some non-alcoholic cocktails. Um, you know, if you're looking for something that's on the Kava side, there's a Kava bar in Winter Park, uh, Zenva, um, like we talked about the neighbors. I think the Robinson makes some good non-alcoholic oh, cocktails from what okay. I've heard. Um, Southern Craft, uh, The Woods, um, Hanson's I think even still does. So it's all these speakeasy kind of yeah. bars too that are making Hanson's some of the, so the craft great. cocktails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mathers, I think, does. They do some more, a variety of different things, uh, but that's also a great spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Little Indies, I think, is doing some NA drinks. Um, the Treehouse, uh, Bauhaus. So there's, so there's quite a few folks in town that are really starting to get on the, the non alcoholic drink train and yeah. pick up this, this trend that's been pretty popular. And over it was overseas, overseas where this really started kind of gaining popularity mm-hmm. it's been a little bit slow moving towards the states but then the sure. pandemic really helped to to fuel and push mm-hmm. push this even further and the demand started happening during the pandemic most people were just looking for an alternative to drinking because people were drinking at home so it kind of pushed I did that quite direction. a bit of drinking at home <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> so it's good to have some like i mean even if you're not just needing to go like completely sober yes. you know um it's good to have some like options just in, just in case like when you're mm-hmm. when you're ready or just like to mix that in slash you know i mean it's good to give your lover a break yeah every, exactly. every now every and now again and yeah <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that i think was the closest was i think liars, liars. okay had yep. Yep. an italian orange mm-hmm. And I am obsessed with sweet vermouth, like oh, okay, obsessed yeah. and amaros. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. Um, like last night, I had like just Campari and amaro and tonic water over yeah. ice with oranges. Nice. And I just like that is that was the hardest thing, and that's the first thing that I had back was was that kind of sweet, a real sweet vermouth. But the the liars, I think, was like the closest because a friend of mine was so kind and he brought over like several of liars and uh-huh. like yep. some yep. other stuff to taste and I was like mm, most of these just don't yes. I'm not hitting it no. like I'd rather just not drink right 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 than have like this I don't know what this is but yeah a lot of it and we talked about this earlier but it's interesting some of the spirits will have may have maybe the taste but they're kind of lacking and they just it's it's the aftertaste or and the viscosity it, it's, yeah it's just yeah. missing it it's, just feels flat you know mm-hmm. so you're like okay I've just like I've just feel watered yeah, down. Yeah, it's like a, a watered down soda or something. You know, it's a, it, with a, a little bit of a flavor, but there's no real kick or punch that you would normally think you would get from a, a typical alcoholic drink. So, right. you know, the, the challenge is mixing some of them have the opposite, where you'll have some spirit, spirits have the kick and the punch and that kind of that uh, spiciness or that, that well rounded kind of burn that you would normally kind of feel. Um, but then it lacks on the flavor side. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of mixology, at least for you know our team, to put these recipes together that has you know both the flavor and mm-hmm. then it has the burn at the end. So it's just that finding that right balance. That's so it feels, tricky. It is very tricky. Yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. So are you a one home bartender? And then two, like how are you creating a menu for this? Yes. Uh, so in this, a menu. This, this started... Um, you know, I've always been inter- interested in, you know, I've kind of been uh, more on the soda side and, and interested in other types of non-alcoholic drinks, whether it's, you know, uh, cold brews or energy drinks and other things like that. But, you know, this kind of bridges the gap in between you're really doing ex- experimentation, creating drinks that have a similar kind of consistency with a normal alcoholic drink, um, building it with different layers and so for me, it's, it's been a lot of at-home experimentation and mm-hmm. doing a lot of mixology as an at-home bartender, mm-hmm. um, experimenting with different spirits, mixing them together, what, what, what works, what doesn't work. Um, and you're absolutely right. There's a lot of spirits that are out there today from an NA perspective that just aren't very good. You know? And so it's, it's trying to find which ones have that mix and that aspect that you're kind of looking for and mm-hmm. kind of pairing that with another another distilled spirit mi- mixed in with you know other syrups and bitters and um, other types of mixers um, and bases. So if it's a you know ginger beer or a tonic or club soda, how you can kind of bring that full mm-hmm. full per- the full spectrum and bring it all together so it all makes sense. So all right, yeah. So you're so, always just practicing, always like thinking of things like. 
Yeah. What's going to pair? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the spirit manufacturers have recipes, too, that you can experiment with. So that's mm-hmm. a great place to start. Right. Um, if you're like, oh, let's just try, let's see what this recipe might bring. Um, and, they, of course, it's mo- mostly focused on, on their particular spirit. But some of the manufacturers are also showing you, here's, here's, a, here's a well-rounded drink mixed with a variety of other spirits, other mm-hmm. non-alcohol spirits. So you're not just using just that, that one spirit. Because in many cases, it is adding alter, alternate spirits together. Uh, you normally, you think, well, you'd only have, you know, it's either just rum or it's just whiskey or, you know. Sure. So, but in this case, you're kind of mixing a variety of whiskey alternatives or rum alternatives or maybe a gin or tequila alternatives to give you a more well-rounded flavor. So, yeah, it's All a right. lot of... Uh, mixology fun when you're doing this on your own sure <laughs> trying to come up with the right the right recipe and, and the right um you know the right the right mix it's in the right balance so that it, it does you know it's a little bit different than you know mixology when you're dealing with actual spirits because there's kind of that you know that true tested recipe mm-hmm. book that you're like this is how you how you make an old-fashioned this is how you make a margarita you know, well, it's kind of like you kind of throw all that out the window and to a certain degree when you're making non-alcoholic drinks because you start with some of the bases and, mm-hmm. and, and mixes that, that still make sense, but it's then trying to find the right balance to get the rest of the flavor closer. So, And you're not really trying, in many cases, you're not trying to make this an exact copy of that drink, but you want to try to get close enough to mm-hmm. where it feels because there's no alcohol yeah. in it so it is ultimately gonna, you know can be a little watered down right, right? <laughs> but um but you really want to try to find something that is both refreshing and something you would want to drink again that's kind of the goal is you know trying to find that right balance and mix so that it is tasty enough to like oh wow i could drink you know two or three of those mm-hmm. you know and, it, and be really good and you can have two or three of them without any worries of driving home exactly you don't right worry about driving bonus good. <laughs> yes. bonus yeah all right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we are excited for that to open, which will be coming up. Coming up in ish. June. Yes. Oh, in we, June. We, are, we just actually Next announced. Month? Our, we just announced our grand opening this week. Okay. Um, June twenty fifth is our official grand opening. Okay. Yes. So almost a month. Yep. Almost a month. Almost. Yep. Wow. Getting close. Getting, Getting close. close. Yep. So we're excited, but no, it's a tasting lounge, and then we're also doing a bottle shop with that as well. So the the real goal of the of the entire space is to introduce Orlando to a lot of these new spirits mm-hmm. that you can't buy or purchase at, uh, you know, Total Wine or an ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, Will you carry liars? Oh, uh, we are going to be carrying liars. Oh, yeah, great. Because yeah. right. I tried to find the Italian orange and like they were like, I, it wasn't at Total Wine and there was one out in Winter Springs and I was like, oh, yes. And then yep. I just couldn't find it. No, they're not, they're not being actively sold right now. They're, um, they have a specific license through, um, southern wine and spirits so they're Mm -hmm. typically um, distributed to them so um we are going to be carrying they also have ready ready to drink options too canned options Mm -hmm. which are also really really good i Um, saw that and it's a good mixture because they have a little bit more um you know it's out of the gate you don't have to worry about being your own at-home bartender so they've kind of taken the guesswork out of that for you by mixing, you know, creating these drinks. I feel like everyone has a seltzer or like a yes. hard, like a hard, like every brand, mm-hmm. like a White Claw, blah, oh, yeah. blah, blah. So it's like a very easy thing for people to yes. have one other option for absolutely, yep. a, a canned cocktail, zero-proof cocktail, if you will. Yes. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we've got some other ones. Um, a nope Beverages is another line. Nope? Nope, yep. Okay. N-O-P-E, yep. And uh, they've got some really great options. They have a strawberry basil. Uh, and they have a raspberry lime ginger beer. There's a, a rosemary vanilla lemonade. So there's some really cool flavor combinations that uh, a lot of these manufacturers are, are doing and making. And then you've got, of course, um, you know, we have tonics. And that's another popular trend right now with sure. the NA space. Uh, elixirs, which are some a combination of kind of like a tonic, but with other different types of uh, mixes kind of uh, combined. Um, shrubs is another oh, really yeah. super popular thing right mm-hmm. now. Um, actually used to, it's kind of a throwback choice. to an older recipe that's kind of come back. Um, Haymaker's Punch was uh, the original kind of the precursor to the more modern day shrubs, but that's kind of where that came from. Mm-hmm. Like drinking vinegar type of a, a mixture. Um, 
and we're actually making quite a few cocktails with a shrub mix and a shrub base. So it kind of, again, creates an interesting sweet and sour mix in some sure. of the drinks. It's, sure, it's, sure. It adds another interesting flavor. So um, right. we're going to be doing flights of those. So it's a great way to kind of taste the different tonics and shrubs and, and also bitters. Bitters mm -hmm. are very popular. So we have a variety of different um, so there's non flavored bitters. So there's non-alcoholic bitters? There are also non-alcoholic bitters in the market today, yes. Oh. Well, we're going to have, we will have some drinks. So we'll do, we will offer um, alcoholic bitters that do have some, a little bit. Because how are you going to replace Ango? Um, That's like a very hard. It is very hard. It's very yes. classic. It is very classic. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is a variety of different flavors now too with uh, the bitters. So you can do something, something close. Um, but so, yeah, we will have, and also our beer, and so our beer does have some alcohol in it, you know, very minimal, 0.5%, but that's, you know, under the legal limit to be classified as an actual alcoholic drink. Um, but our, our beer does have some alcohol, and of course the bitters do have some alcohol too. So right. that's really the only <laughs> main things on the menu that have any specific alcohol <clears throat> content. Um, but we'll give folks the option if they want completely like non-alcoholic non bitters for some of the drinks. Uh, we'll, we'll provide that option too. So All yeah, right. for folks. Thank you for sharing your story. You're and welcome. We'll you're get, welcome. I want to hear a little bit about kind of your story and yeah. kind of like where your background was and how you came to be here in Florida. And I kind of believe that we just don't really get a choice into where we're placed into the universe and we're kind of put down here and like the rest of it, everyone, yes. rest of us, everyone is trying to figure it out. Oh yeah. Definitely. So Kevin's story, where did that start? <laughs> kind of like, what was your family of origin like? What did you, how, what was like years one through five? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up um, in the Midwest. I grew up in, in Cincinnati, Ohio. So that's kind of my home home, home place. All right. Uh, home, uh, home of record. Uh, but that's where I grew up, uh, Midwest boy. And um, really got interested in, in the arts early on, both art drawing and painting and so, you know, my family was, was not necessarily a very artistic family, but um, I kind of gravitated away from that, was really kind of took, took to that, um, I guess, left brain um, <laughs> activities of drawing, painting, and then got into, um, you know, music and theater and, uh, and, and acting. And, and so a lot of that was just uh, kind of bridging out um, as I grew, kind of got older, getting into high school. And was in marching who, band. Who was and, Kevin in like middle school, high school, like uh, uh, like theater? Yeah, kid. I was a theater kid. I was a band nerd, and so okay. I did a lot of you know the arts. What and, are your um, preferred instruments? Um, I played saxophone when I was growing up. So oh, yes. really? Yes. Yeah. Yep, I played uh, tenor saxophone, and then uh, one at a time, ladies. Yes. <laughs> 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 <Right>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yep, started saxophone uh, through high school and then okay. um, wound up um, really kind of figuring out, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, ultimately, did I want to pursue that as a career and major in music when I graduated? Did I want to pursue art and design? Did I want to pursue theater? So I had a lot of different interests. Um, at the end of the day, I wound up going into the military. So, oh, <laughs> it's an interesting wow. change and shift. Did not see that coming. No. Okay. Uh, but I actually went into the uh, to the Marine Band, so I was able to uh, utilize my my saxophone talents and uh, and I had to audition for that. And um, yeah, went into, went into the Marine Corps. So okay. I was in the Marine Band. So I played saxophone and had the opportunity to sing and travel, and it was a great. great so when you were in a Marine, transition. is that? your job to play the saxophone yeah so each marine you're kind of everybody kind of gets trained the same way everybody goes to boot camp first and okay. then uh, after boot camp you go into a separate training marine combat training for those that aren't in the infantry and then okay. from there you go out to your kind of your school um, of uh, depending on what your specialty is your specialty school for me i went into um music school so they sent you through music school as a, as a marine oh, musician oh yeah okay yeah so a marine cool. musician a, a marine musician yes okay yeah, so yeah. there's no deployment as far as like frontline like battle uh well you, what are what are we talking about here yeah so yeah. basically um each marine base uh well this was, this was years ago when i was in but there was 12 marine corps uh, bands across the country and also one in Hawaii and one in Japan uh, but each essentially each unit um, has about 50 members 
um, that a variety of, of instruments to really support any on-base functions. So retirement ceremonies, change of command ceremonies, um, that's kind of your primary function, but then you split up into a variety of different ensembles and groups. So we would do uh, rock, we'd have a rock band, we'd have a full jazz orchestra, we'd have Dixieland band, we'd have small jazz trios that would go and do a lot of what interesting is, events. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea about yeah. this world. Uh, so really cool. I was stationed out in California, so we uh, close to LA, and we did a lot of really cool events and gigs for celebrities, for former presidents, and uh, dignitaries and uh, politicians, but it was it was really really a cool gig because you had a chance to really meet some famous people, but then also just had a really you know just an awesome time playing in these 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 gigs where you had a chance to you know, tour the country. And now, are you in school in like in a university, or you're just in the Marine University? No, you're training you're, you're to actually, be a musician. Um, so you you once you go through a boot camp and then you get out and do your training, your your combat training. Then you go to a school that they pay you. It's basically they're training you on like the basics of of how you're gonna be marching marching basics. But then you get a full you know collegiate training. So ear training, music theory. So a lot of collegiate uh, uh-huh. uh, training. Plus you have private lessons and you have t- tutorials on. Uh, a variety of different things. And this is within the Marines. This is in with the Marines, yep. Got yep. it. And then, so they're kind of preparing you to get out and eventually get stationed into a band to get you prepared for that for that lifestyle. So once you get out, you pass your schooling, and then you get stationed in, uh, on a base, and then it becomes like a full-time job. Got so it. So your main full-time job is to support uh, that base. Marine functions. Marine functions, and then you'll do all kinds of really cool added gigs because you're almost like, the marketing wing for the Marine Corps. So you're doing a lot of PR-related events, ah. whether you're doing parades, like we did the Rose Bowl Parade every year. We marched in that. It was okay. a pretty cool event, uh, six-mile parade that we would march in. So that was a really, uh, you know, fun fun experience just, just getting out there but the just with the, the cameras and, you know, just seeing the crowds. And it was just So you're an Ohio event. boy outside of L.A. That's right. And then, how did you? Like, how long did your tenure in the? Uh, I did four years, a four-year enlistment in the Marine okay. Corps. Decided that was enough for me, and it was time to get out. And I really wanted to pursue theater and and the arts. Um, and so I had a variety of other interests as well in terms of graphic design and drawing and painting, still on the art side. But for the for the moment, I really wanted to pursue a career, you know, in theater and work on Broadway. And that was my okay. my eventual goal was to be sure. in New York and. and have a Broadway career eventually, so went to school for that. I uh, did a couple years in theater. I kind of still had the the bug for for um, uh, you know getting out and performing because I was able to do that when I was in the Marine Corps. So uh, decided to you know pack things up and 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 leave school a little early and move to New York City and, and start leave school leave leave college. Yeah, I was in, in a it was in a conservatory program. I went to school in St. Louis. So okay. Yeah, so I decided to end my my four year degree a little early and just you know get it get out there and start hitting the pavement and doing auditions in New York. So, okay. Yep. How did your How did New York? It was great. I go. mean, it's it's an interesting environment. You you know you kind of either stay with that lifestyle for a while and decide you want to continue with it. Or for me, I did regional theater for about four or five years. Um, you go to New York City for the auditions, and then you make get cast in another production somewhere else, and then ultimately you go back to New York for more auditions. Okay. Uh, eventually, until you get to uh, professional status as a, kind of an equity performer. Okay. Uh, it's like the that's the union for performing mm-hmm. artists, uh, at least for actors, at least theater actors, and then um, then you're eligible to audition for you know Broadway shows, and so. So you can't just go straight and audition for a Broadway show? You you can. It uh, just depends on if they are willing to see non-equity, non-union actors. So uh, uh. If, if they start doing that, um, it depends on the audition uh, and the process. So if they have enough time permitting, then they will see some non-equity a talent. Um, so that's one way you could get um, you know cast into a Broadway show. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, it's really about kind of moving yourself up the ranks and eventually getting equity status and then being able to um, ultimately um, 
get cast in an equity of production. And then once you're part of the, the union, then you're eligible to audition for Broadway okay. shows. Yeah. So is it like getting a SAG card? Is it like... It's exactly that. Yeah, it's, you your, have equity. To, you, it's your equity it, card. Yep. Okay. And you can get different... Uh, I was part of the equity membership candidacy program, so you get points every time you do a show at a, an equity theater that offers points. So if you get a certain amount of points, I think when I was in it was like 50, um, and then you're eligible for your equity card. So you can actually take your card if you've gotten enough points. Um, and that's really just kind of meant, again, to kind of build you up and get, get you the experience um, so that you feel like you've got a well-rounded background uh, and you're more of an experienced pro professional so that when you do come into a room when you're an equity performer, you're, they already feel you're at a certain level. Level. A level. Okay. Yeah. So you don't, it's it. not like they're, right. you're auditioning like a lot of amateur folks that maybe haven't done much theater. Um, so it's, it's a great way to, to make sure that they're ensuring that they're going to be seeing people. Quality yes. applicants. Exactly. If you will. Yep, yep. Okay. All right. All right. Did you ever get to perform on Broadway? I, I, I off Broadway was the closest I came. Uh, I didn't really pursue it long enough to get to that point. Okay. So I decided to, to, to leave New York and move down to theater to help some friends start a theater company. So that was, uh, where did you move down to? Uh, I moved down from, you mean from New York yeah. or here to Orlando? From New York. Uh, I was living up in, I was in Manhattan. Most of the, most of my time in New York was subletting, which is not something that really people do here in Orlando. But, sure. Um, but subletting somebody else's apartment, mostly through actor friends. Uh, but I was usually living uptown in Washington Heights or mm -hmm. Inwood or, you know, kind of a part of, um, of Manhattan, a little further up on the A train. <laughs> a little. Up, a just little, a little, just yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, but I would work a variety of jobs in New York um, that would allow me to do auditions during the day and then, you know, uh, work at night or, or work around that. So uh, it was great. It was a great experience. I learned a lot from doing it. Um, but kind of get a point to where do you want to continue that lifestyle of not really knowing when your next paycheck's coming in. Sure. You know, and it can be a little scary. Sure. Um, taking odds and ends jobs and then ultimately not getting the financial uh, success and stability mm -hmm. that you would want, especially in a city like New York when sure. everything is, is, is cost of living is high and it's expensive to live there. So really trying to get into, um, you know, something that's more stable. And that's really kind of what pushed me to say, yeah, maybe I should go back to school and, and maybe try my, my hand at something a little bit different that still pushes my interest in, in creative and design. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided to go back to school for art design and for uh, web design and digital media and digital arts and design. So um, did that and, and graduated here from Full Sail actually, here okay. in Winter Park. Um, Is that what brought you to Orlando area? Uh, yes, that kind of what brought me here and then also the theater company was here. So. And circa what, what area? That was 2005, yeah, around okay. 2005. So, um, and that's really what kind of brought, brought, um, brought me here and then st stuck around because at that point, you know, the thought was going back to New York and maybe just doing a few shows and going back, but then really was interested in pursuing it, you know, pursuing a degree in design and really focusing my career more on that, having a stable paycheck, mm -hmm. <laughs> which was always nice. Mm -hmm. Um, and then doing theater is more on the side as an outlet. So mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of where that shifted. Um, and yeah, after I graduated, I've been working essentially in the industry, whether it's in marketing, advertising, uh, ever since. So I've been okay. doing mostly web web design work, graphic design, and then over the years, moved myself up into managerial positions, managing creative teams, and account management, and project management. So a combination of a variety of things. But okay. That's what's paid the bills um, and, and kept me kept me going. So yeah, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. <laughs> this episode of Cocktails and Conversation is brought to you by The Dinner Party Project. The Dinner Party Project is all about connecting humans around the dinner table. Right now, we are mostly based in Orlando, Florida. Whether it's joining seven strangers in an intimate setting around a dinner table or sitting in the street of Orange Avenue with 100 others watching flamethrowers, we love helping people feel connected to others and their city. 
We also offer private parties. So if you have a birthday, anniversary, team building dinner, or corporate event coming up, we can create a custom memorable event that you and your guests won't soon forget. We also help brands connect with their consumers by exposing their product in an elevated way to their target demographic. So if you live in the Orlando area and haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to hear your story around the dinner table. For more information, you can visit us at thedinnerpartyproject.co. So from 2005 until 2022, yes. that's a, almost 20 years, 17 years, a span of that. Um, so you kind of were mostly in those pockets of the, that industry and yes. then kind of bounce, maybe bounced around or I don't know, maybe stayed at a, at a an agency. Yeah. Different environments. Yeah. Can I, okay. uh, went to a few different agencies, uh, worked locally. Uh, I wound up actually moving up to Savannah, Georgia for a little bit for a oh, position up there. So okay. yeah, I lived in Savannah. Savannah's beautiful. It is. Gorgeous. Gosh, gorgeous. I love city. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of arts I and I love culture. it there. Yeah. And a lot of great restaurants and bars and lounges and mm-hmm. especially if you're talking about cocktails a lot of great spots to get drinks and yep. also a great city you can walk around the streets with your drinks which is always yes. cool you know um but yeah the culture the history of savannah um that's where i started to really have some ideas about um which actually led to this concept but some ideas around opening a cocktail lounge, it's kind of a speakeasy kind of a feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I got a lot of the inspiration initially was in when I was in Savannah. So okay. um, the name from the Bandbox actually came from an old theater, which was called the Bandbox in Savannah. Okay. And it was an Art Deco inspired, uh, smaller, kind of scrappy, independent movie theater uh, that was operated back in the 1930s and really had this really cool Art Deco feel and and look, and that's kind of the initial inspiration mm. for the, where the name came from. Okay. And um, started doing more research. It ultimately, we fast forward to when we were uh, putting this concept together, and the name really resonated with what we were doing, and also the space that we acquired here over in Ivanhoe Village uh, met kind of the same uh, constraints of of what that name actually means. So mm. yeah, so what the, the the inspiration really came from. From Savannah. Savannah. So, yeah. They have some very beautiful classy bars up there. They do. They have more than, yeah, their fair share. So how did you, like, what was the transition between, like, how did you decide, I'm assuming there was some transition from leaving, being in the creative industry, yes. managing teams to saying, I mean, now this is your full-time. So as, so I'm still working full-time in the okay. industry, which is okay. good. That, that's it. been helping pay the bills and also help to fund this business. Um, but... Um, for me, it was really during the pandemic. It started really uh, as as an artist myself, and and I dabbled in photography, and and really was was looking to have an outlet and a space that I could go outside of my house because we were all stuck again in, in our during quarantine, sure. and trying to find a, a workspace or a studio space where I could explore and do more art and photography, and just a place I could go and get out of my house essentially so so started looking around Orlando for spaces and maybe some you know co-op spaces or maybe some some um, studio space that you could rent and it was just challenging to find that and I really was having a hard time uh, if you're not really an established artist here in Orlando it can be sometimes challenging trying to find a space just a workspace that you can go and and just paint and, and use it as more like a worker type of a space mm-hmm. you know? um, so started looking at some other options around retail spaces and um, collectively kind of put my head together with some other of my collaborators as we were thinking about spaces and maybe a place where it could be more of a gallery space versus not just a workspace or a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the th- thinking came in of maybe creating more of a, an approachable gallery space that we can feature local artists and also make it be open to and more accessible than maybe some of the more strict uh, stringent galleries in town that really require certain requirements. Um, so the thought was to make it maybe more of an approachable gallery space that was kind of the opposite of what you think of when you think of a gallery, which is white walls and, you know, a lot of just open white space. Um, we wanted to do the opposite of that and create more of an intimate gallery that felt more like a speakeasy mm-hmm. and was more of a place that you could still have the art but still but feel more like 
a throwback space to like the 20s and 30s. Okay. So the speakeasy, the band box started as more of a gallery concept and then we brought in the vintage goods aspect to to as a way to kind of decorate the space with some really cool curated vintage goods from the 20s, 30s and 40s and then have a lot of really cool artwork that also was in within the period or stylistically felt within the period. Uh, and so that's kind of where we started the concept there. And then as we started thinking about the experience, uh, we, we thought it would be great. A lot of galleries do, you know, have an open bar or have some sort of options for events mm-hmm. with, with drinks and open, you know, say, um, you know, beer or wine. And so we were thinking, well, what's, we weren't really in the market because we're a retail concept. We, do, we didn't necessarily want to pursue a liquor license. And do you we, need a liquor license? Um, to sell, to sell not... beer and wine, you would have to get a beer and wine license. It's a little bit separate, but sure. Uh, but if if you definitely wanted to do um, cocktails, you'd have to have a, a liquor license. I know, but for like NA cocktails, for NA, no, you do not. Right. No, you, okay. You do not. Um, you have to have. We're also selling CBD beverages. Um, you do have to have a license for that. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit separate. Separate license. Got it. Uh, it kind of falls under a, a food establishment permit. And so we're going through that process here actually pretty soon with the city to go through inspections uh, just to make sure we meet all those requirements. Sure. But, um, but no, um, under our retail license, you are allowed to sell or serve non-alcoholic drinks. Right. Um, and also popcorn, believe it or not. It's kind of like the random oh. uh, stipulation. So we are going to be also serving popcorn in our space. Okay. And also some other snacks and, and, and mix. Um, you know, mixed nuts and other types of, uh, like bar snacks that we'll have in right. the space. Right, right, so, right. Um, but, uh, and we'll be partnering too with some local food vendors and food trucks around the area. So that's mm-hmm. another part of what we're going to be doing to bring some other food in and maybe potentially some desserts as well. So right. still working through the, some of the logistics on that, but, um, but no, so no, no liquor license is required, but, um, you know, we, we thought, uh, Again, doing some research, and this as, as someone who does drink, um, this was a couple years ago, um, I wasn't really as familiar with the non-alcoholic space and, and that industry, so I, from my, my knowledge, it was mostly just O'Doul's and <laughs> Heineken Zero had just like come out around that time. Sure. And so I've just really been familiar with more of the beer side. Um, and I also understood there were some sparkling wines and, and things of that nature, but um, was just interested to see what was out there. Maybe we could offer some some type of a sparkling beverage or something as an alternative. And that's when you know we really started to dive in and peel back the layers of the industry. And minds were completely blown at that point because it was just phenomenal how far the industry had come and this was two years ago right and fast forward today the industry has tripled hmm. uh, in terms of the amount of products mm-hmm. that are now available in the market sure it's pretty crazy so. yeah i've been i've had some drinks called mad tasty mad tasty yeah, which yeah. is yeah. the cbd it is yeah. yes yep yeah. a sparkling like a wa- uh, water type of a feel right but sparkling water yeah uh recess is another popular brand that we're gonna be carrying okay uh, it's a cbd um uh, so it's, again, a water, it's kind of a sparkling water, but more of a, a CBD uh, version of that. Um, but yeah, so for us, you know, after we kind of saw how, how, how booming this industry really is, mm-hmm. uh, that's when we decided to kind of pivot our direction a little bit and focus it more on, on the drinks and the tasting lounge and then introducing a bottle shop in, in conjunction with that so that we can introduce Orlando to this industry, mm-hmm. which many people are still not really familiar with. Sure. Um, they are if you go outside of Orlando, if you're living in New York or maybe a Do you know city. any other NA bars in Orlando? There are no other, tr- what we would consider a true NA bar doing some something similar to what we're going to be doing. There are Kava bars that also serve other non-alcoholic drinks mm-hmm. uh, or mocktails, I guess, to a certain degree. Um, but none that are doing what we're going to be doing is utilizing these alternative spirits and distilled spirits in, in a way to create more traditional cocktails that you would normally get at a regular bar. So nobody's really using a lot of those spirits just yet. Uh, you're not seeing that even in most of the, the mainstream bars and restaurants in town. They're sure. usually making a variety of other things and, and spirits, uh, not spirits, but juices or mixers 
um, uh, or syrups to create uh, a, a different variety of, of flavors, but not necessarily mixing it in with, you know, a non-alcoholic tequila or, you know, a gin in that right. drink. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story with sure. us. Absolutely. And for all the things that are coming, which is pretty exciting. Yes, very exciting. Um, so the next topic of conversation is the Enneagram, which is something that I am very oh, yes. Yes. passionate about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and know a lot about it. I know that you're kind of recently introduced into uh, the Enneagram. Yeah. Uh, so if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of like nine different in a sense personality types it's kind of like a roadmap to personality yeah. um which i think is very fascinating because we're all built so differently right in right. the ways that we see the world and interpret the world and our communication and how we're how we kind of show up in the world and so when you kind of look through that list of nine um personality types what yes. which would you say that you would probably most identify with i think it was the last one you had on the list and mm -hmm. one that the peacemaker i think the some peacemaker. of this yeah some of this a little bit more on that you know and i'd say i gravitate some of the other other aspects of some of the others but that one i think was a little bit more yeah for me okay resonated more than the others this did peacemaker they kind of like to keep things obviously very peaceful don't yes. rock the boat right they want to just make sure that everyone is feeling they want to make sure that everyone is feeling safe, yes. but then maybe at the risk of their own safety mm -hmm. or their own voice Yes. in that yeah. way, kind mm -hmm. of like asleep to their own desires Yeah, right. <laughs> in their own things. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Exactly. How do you feel kind of like understanding or knowing people's uh, personalities and or the way they work kind of like has, how, like how do, how do you feel that that is a way of impacting your relationships and, sure. and, and your you know between colleagues or friendships absolutely or relationships I mean, le leadership styles no it's great i mean i think between you know a lot of my my current position we we've, we've done the disc assessment so that's okay. another, another option mm -hmm. you know personality test uh, myers-briggs test i've mm -hmm. used those in the past too. what is your myers-briggs oh my gosh it's been a while since i've done that okay uh, can't remember uh <laughs> oh was i I always get that confused with a disc assessment. Which sure. Is, it's like the I or you a high D. There's a, <laughs> yeah. sure. I always forget which one I am. Um, uh, I think I'm on the I side. I remember, I'm definitely not a D, so I was more on the I side, so. Uh, For the disc? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I is the intuitive? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think so. All right. Got it. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it's, it's a great tool. We use it to, to just help, just... So you understand work style, like you said, work styles, understanding dynamics, um, people work differently, people consume information differently. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's a great way to kind of just understand how the best way to communicate with other people and figure out how team dynamics should go. Um, and also I think it's, it makes you just a more effective collaborator because if you know the other person has certain you know, either constraints or, or there's certain aspects of, of their personality trait um, that could be a conflict if you approached it in a certain way. Mm -hmm. It's about kind of understanding how they tick and, the, and their, their, their methods for approaching different situations. And so it's a good way to kind of understand how to bring up maybe a sensitive topic or, or, or deal with a situation mm -hmm. if you know a little bit more about the just that that the chemical makeup of how people sure you know, how people think and and react and how they process information and how you get them to you know as you're leading teams how you can effectively manage teams too knowing mm -hmm. those different dynamics so sure i think it's it's a great it's a great tool and i, I love it so it's helpful especially when you're trying to get and motivate people in different sure. ways to, to take action it can or be very you know, different yes. differently motivated absolutely yeah so it's, it's it's a it's a great tool to, to do that too so so being a nine is sometimes often non-confrontational yes. they like sometimes like to avoid confrontation or making things people feel uneasy mm -hmm. sometimes at all costs and sometimes they can look at it and move forward with it but like kind of like as you were mentioning you have been a leader maybe yes. managing teams and managing people and so how has that been for you, kind of like like stepping into times where you maybe you've had to have some confrontation? Yes. Yeah, and I think the the challenge is, and you're right. I mean, I think. Or it's, has it been tricky? Oh, um, it's tricky. You uh -huh. know, because you know, <laughs> I am a person that doesn't really necessarily like confrontation. But uh, when I think when you when you work and you collaborate with a team and you're you're able to address things 
uh, in a way that you're able to just, it's more about coaching and mentoring. So if you approach mm -hmm. it from that mindset, um, and not so much about, um, so much, you know, uh, I say discipline, but it's, it's a different type of a, a leadership style, at least for me, that works effectively. It's just trying to collaborate, understand where that person's coming from. You kind of get them to see maybe some of the mistakes that, that were made or a different, a, a way of different point of view. So it's kind of putting yourself in their shoes, but then seeing it from their perspective and kind of coaching them and say, mm. well, you know, if you know, if you thought about doing it like this, you maybe there's there's another alternative to that. Okay, or, you sure. Know, so it's kind of pivoting away from maybe the way that they've approached something in the past. So um, in some cases, sure, if it's a performance plan or folks aren't necessarily getting to where you need them to be, then there might be some some tough conversations on that. Mm -hmm. But but at the end of the day, I think you're as a as a leader and a manager, you're there to help support and and coach. And to guide your team as much as possible and if they kind of fallen off the rails it's kind of how do you get them back on and mm. how do you coach them to kind of see it in a, in a different way and then also sure. kind of push them in the right direction so mm. it's kind of part of it so yeah the nine is also is also sometimes called the the mediator oh yes right yep. so yep. that's yep. probably is like yes. bringing people to exactly to see which is not always the easiest task either mm -hmm. to Make somebody see something that they can only see in their their own worldview or their right. own point of view, right? Yes. Uh -huh. So, absolutely. Yeah. Um, thank you for chatting about the Enneagram with sure. me a little bit. And then our last topic, uh, let you go, is um, rest, which yes. is something that I'm very passionate about as far as just like how do we restore, renew, play, discover? How do we step back from the world to be able to have healing and growth and physical rest maybe it's um doesn't have doesn't have to be fully physical rest sure, rest sure. but the things that kind of inspire us renew us get us to yes kind of be back to where you know in, in a good frame of mind or reference but what are what are some of the practices that you have um adopted with around rest yeah i think um you know for me i've, I've taken just as as a entrepreneur and getting a new business off the ground there is a lot of work that's involved mm -hmm. and um i started adopting and, and looking at some other pra best practices on ways that i can get myself energized um and for me it's kind of getting up earlier and having some time in the mornings to really uh process kind of my own time so it's mm -hmm. you know it's, it, before the day starts before the craziness of a work day before I even log into email or get get started um, take some time to either you know to work out to just take a walk to kind of just clear your head and um, for me that's been helpful just to kind mm. of get my my kind of your, your your priorities set as you're kind of thinking ahead for the day and for the week uh, but there's no distractions you know you're kind of it's just you thinking through a lot of these things that you that you want to accomplish and get done and also having that time early in the morning, I'm also able to do a lot of that work before maybe I get into my full-time job and doing some other things that kind of take me away from this business, mm -hmm. <laughs> business planning. Um, it helps you to kind of really uh, get a lot of those tasks done uh, and sort through that list of tasks uh, before the rest of your day starts. So right. for me, that's been extremely helpful just to clear, you know, Get some of the rest, you know, mm -hmm. but then, um, you know, kind of the level set. Um, and, and I've taken a break on other things too, like television. I don't, I have a young son, so I watch television with him. But uh, outside of that, I have, I've taken a kind of a break from, <laughs> from, 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 from TV. And, and I'll see occasional films off and on, but, uh, but for the most part, kind of just, um, again, thinking more about, business and intentionally and where getting, your time yeah, goes yeah and trying to really do a lot more uh, thinking strategic thinking about how we want to approach things with our opening and then as we continue to grow this business other opportunities that can come out of that too so there's All just right. been a lot of concepting and thinking and strategic thinking that happens um and i it's nice having a break from uh you know i think a lot of us get caught in that repetition of you know watching getting consumed and, and kind of sucked into to certain things and um yeah for me it was just disconnect 
Um, there's a lot of other things that I have <laughs> a lot more uh, priorities outside of uh, outside of that. So mm -hmm. I've tried to kind of pivot away from some of those things that I used to do more in the past. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. So if you had 24 hours, it could be here. It could be anywhere. Money is of no object. If you could have one day to just have your ideal day off and do whatever you want. It could be with people. It could be by yourself. It could be anything what would like a full day of rest look like to you Ooh, um play discover all those things yeah i mean a full day of rest would be like going somewhere you know uh either to a beach or maybe i'd like to experience new places new cities mm -hmm. um and so i like to do this on my own so i like to go just travel i used to do this in new york all the time which is the great thing about living in the city um just take a day maybe it's your day off i'm just gonna walk i'm just gonna walk through the city and, mm -hmm. and discover a new part of manhattan that i've never seen before and it just opens up your eyes to what's out there that you didn't even necessarily know was in even in your own backyard mm. so it's kind of cool to do that even here in orlando or part of central florida is pick it pick a spot you haven't been um and just kind of go out and discover something new you know and i, I like doing that it's a, it's a great way to kind of experience where you live for the first time but you're also discovering new things that you didn't know existed and it's all around you this entire time mm. but you're seeing things from maybe a new perspective because you're like oh i didn't realize it was that was even over on this part of town you know like oh wow um and while you read about certain things until you actually see it um and you experience it you know i'm all about experiences so it's nice to to go somewhere and it's it's a relaxing trip so you're just no set schedule you know mm -hmm. there's no itinerary no agenda. Mm -hmm. yeah no agenda no itinerary you're just gonna go out explore something new see mm -hmm. where it takes you and then you know eventually you'll come back it's the same thing in new york it was just great to like go out check out a new part of the city mm. and then eventually you know kind of get make your way back but you know was... have you done that in college park um yeah i have i have I, and you know college park is not a massive right. <laughs> it's, not like New York, it's not like manhattan no um, can get lost in college park yes. right <laughs> yeah it's a little hard to do that um but um but there's you know aspects of other parts of orlando um you know that i haven't necessarily spent a lot of time in so it's really kind of interesting to to, to see new new parts of town that mm -hmm. you haven't had a chance to really explore so yeah All it's right. a great great exercise and mm -hmm. for, kind of clears your mind and no set expectations. You have to be somewhere at a certain time. Mm -hmm. You're just going out and just, just going to take it in. Take it, take in. it in. Take it in. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any type of MO or mantra that you try to live your life by? Uh, that's a, that's a interesting, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, 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 I really, I try to, to bring as much of, you know, what I, I think is my background and my experience to whatever I do. So I think if, if I approach anything that I approach, uh, I try to, to, to give 100%, you know, but I really try to um, bring my background into it. And if there's ways that I can see it from a different perspective or get people to see something from a different perspective or a different point of view, um, it's kind of this, this, the impetus for even for this, this business was to kind of create an experience and a destination um, through the crazy mind of my own and this, this idea of creating a really interactive, uh, creative space that, um, is unlike anything else in town. So it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of a cool hybrid. Um, so for me, it's about, you know, bringing as much of my own personality and experiences and, um, and trying to apply that. And for me, it's about giving back. And I, I just feel like, um, I, I enjoy, entertaining as, a, as an actor and as someone who has worked in the arts for a while um and i've kind of kind of adopted that mentality of of kind of being almost like servant servant leadership type of a, of a feel but um kind of always kind of give back and, and, mm -hmm. and entertain and provide something interesting and new and interactive and artistic and innovative mm -hmm. that um maybe nobody's thought about before and it's like well maybe somebody should have thought about doing that it's like okay well now i'm doing it now it's time to do yeah. it you know so that's kind of how i kind of look at it all right
Yeah. Um, so if people wanted to find you online, yes. how do people follow what you're doing? Yeah, I think the best spot is on Instagram. So if you want to find us, Bandbox Orlando on, on Instagram. We do have a website too, bandboxorlando.com. So okay. you can go either spot. Um, we're posting a little bit on Facebook as well, but for the most part, most of our audiences are on Instagram and that's when we, where we've been really posting sure. more photos about our construction updates and and uh, some, some new announcements. And, and as we get closer to opening, there'll be more information there too about our opening events right. and our opening day. Um, so all that great stuff will be on Instagram too. Okay. So, yeah. Wonderful. Stuff. Yay. Well, thank you, Kevin, yeah. for doing some day drinking with me. Yeah, thank you. And, this is delicious, uh, by the way. Good. Thanks for making the drinks. Oh, <laughs> my pleasure. Yeah. Um, it is expanding my, my repertoire. Mm -hmm. But um, thanks for for spending some time sharing your stories and Absolutely. then we'll look for your new business as yeah Kevin. we look forward to yes. serving you this this year so it's great all right beautiful <laughs> all right until the next time that's right all cheers right. cheers thank you a million times over for listening to cocktails and conversation podcast i hope you have enjoyed all of it if you have would you do me a huge favor and rate comment and subscribe for more cocktails and conversations 